everyone, John Weaver from the Culture Classroom. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud and leave a rating and review. That'll help us produce better podcasts for you to listen to as we venture into season two a little more. Once again, thanks for listening. You can also follow us on Twitter at CultureClass19. Now, let's get into the classroom. Well, Ryan, man, I appreciate you joining uh, us on the show. Uh, as you can see, we're two laid-back dudes that um, absolutely yep. love just uh, talking to coaches, really, mainly about their journey and and yeah. how they make an impact in their community and, and stuff that they do differently. And, uh, man, it's not all just about X's and O's. Uh, I mean, those are important, no, obviously, I- but uh, mm-hmm. building relationships and, and how we treat kids and, and stuff like that. Uh, is super, super important. Uh, JT, what do you think about that, man? No, I, I appreciate it, Coach Steinkamp, just uh, reaching out to you and then you able to read my book. I know you're not a reader, so for you to make it cover to cover, that's a win as a writer. Uh, yeah. But but I just appreciate it, and then I appreciate our back and forth a little bit about uh, what, you're, what you've got going in Kemper, what you're trying to build. I mean, we're not all real friendly with Kemper here in Denison, but yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that in watching other people grow and learn uh, who are interested in the same things that I am. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I appreciate you guys doing this. I, no, I appreciate, you know, Coach Story, you know, said, Doug, I'm, I'm really finding the beauty of that you know, Twitter and stuff like that. I, all, all I did was follow him, he DM'd me, and we started just kind of talking from there, and he sent me this book, and I kind of told him, you know, I'm finishing up my master's this summer, so I'm like, I got enough reading stuff to do with I picked up, I opened the book, saw the first chapter, was like three pages. I'm like, I can, I can do this. I can start that. And then, you know, all of a sudden it just kept, it kept rolling from there. And you know, I took a lot away from his book. And yeah, I, I really appreciate that. I a good message in there. Um, so, you know, my journey a little bit. Uh, I graduated uh, from Kemper. I'm from Carroll originally. You know, growing up, played all the sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, track. Um, football is always my passion, though. Um, from there, I went. I went and played at a Central College in Tulsa. Um, played linebacker there for four years, and that was that was a really great experience. You know, I uh, I, I learned I learned a lot. I had a great great head coach, um, Travis uh, uh, Coach Martin, Jeff, not Travis, uh, Jeff Martin, and then my my linebacker coach and defensive coordinator um, Zach Fonts is now the head football coach at Bunner Farrar. You know, I learned a, a ton from him, and you know I've, I've kept in contact with those with those two, um, just being a coach and stuff now, and talking a little bit too. And you know, one thing that I've, I reflect on a lot about that is, man, like I tell us to our kids about it. I wish I would have taken when I was playing and stuff like that. I wish I would have taken um, better notes, or better pay attention. A lot of things I wish I could have done differently. I kind of just got motiv- motivated to them, you know, you know, but the college like that too. Maybe I didn't pay attention things as well as I should have, or you know, their leadership goals. But you know. It was great. That's a good experience. That ten years later from now, I still have those relationships. And I can still reflect back on that. So, um, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. After that, um, I stood in Florida. I did the half of victory lap for four and a half years. I stood and taught in the fall, and I did that in Des Moines. And you know, I wanted—I knew I wanted to get the coaching and stuff. Um, and you know, I, I, I emailed every football team program I was online. I was trying to find a, a coaching job, and I—I I could have. Um, 
I couldn't find one, you know, just just being assistant. I was like at any level, you know, and I was finally gonna I was gonna do Pee Wee football in the in a walkie, had that set up and um and then all of a sudden like like a week before my student teacher got called from Hoover, um, their head football coach Will Siffin, they had an opening that suddenly popped up and I was able to coach uh line varsity um right away and that was a great experience, you know, because you know, Coach Siffin over at Hoover is doing great things. He's still there. He's still turning turning out great things. Um, and not only is it really helping because you know, it's an inner city school, very diverse, um, not the most successful program. But when I was there, you know, and I knew that going into it, but you know, I was still excited to do it. Um, but looking back on it, looking at how far he grew, and they he took them to the playoffs about four years later. And I, I, I left. I was only there for one year, and I knew that it was going to be. Um, you know, he's, doing, he's doing special things. He had a good group of guys. He had them buying in. You know, and that's tough to do at some of those at some schools that you know where um, that football is not a huge priority. And it's definitely a basketball school. And kind of, kind of same deal. You know, that was my first um, coaching job. And you know, I I don't know if I was you know probably a little arrogant come out of college. You know, thinking I knew anything. But man, it was definitely a humbling experience. And looking back now, I definitely reflect on that um, a lot about you know about. Um, my first coaching experience, and I was like, you know, that's where I learned that, you know, it's not about the wins and losses. You know, we went one and eight that year, and I definitely, I learned a ton about the process, because the next year, they're like two and seven, and the year after that, they're four and five, and make the playoffs, and I was, you know, it was fun to kind of watch them grow and uh, be successful from there. Um, then, after that, um, I, I, so I finished my student teaching in the, the fall, and that, and I know I, I was kind of, Job search a lot. I really didn't want to do the whole stubby thing, and there happened to be um, a position opening at my in my hometown. Um, so you know, I, I, I applied for that, and it was um, a special ed position. And so that I, I got that gig from there, and I, you know, I, I did special ed for about four four or five years, and then finally a PE job opened up, and um, I took that, and kind of been. I, and um, I've been I've been loving that doing that ever since then. So kind of kind of took kind of took the long route to that. You know, I knew I always wanted to do PE, but I was kind of patient with it from there. And um, from there, you know, I, you know, I'm here at Camper Elementary, my eighth year. I currently teach um, K through six P, elementary PE, and then I do with our I, uh, I do our strength training classes at the high school, the early bird weights at the high school, system football, system basketball, and I also do um, head track coach too. So. Then kind of uh kind of everything I did here, you know, I kind of started started at the bottom. I worked my way up. I did junior high sports. I think the freshman level. Now I'm at the varsity for everything. So kind of just enjoyed and embraced the process of learning along the way there. Wow, that's a incredible story. I mean, from your time at Central in Pella, which is a great program for any non-Irons yeah. listening yeah. to our podcast. Uh, when you go to Iowa coaching clinics, Pella always has a good presence. They always send uh, a lot of high schools send upper tier athletes to play at Pella, um, mm-hmm. and they always come back with with good experiences. Uh, so that tells me a lot about their culture and the culture that you were brought in, also, yeah. and, and experience in college. Um, and then to to you know have a pee wee football contract. Ready to go yeah. because we can't really find anything else. I mean, uh, talk about humbling. It, it, 
it wasn't a contract. It was it was a volunteer thing. It actually kind of threw my my buddy that lived in Des Moines too. I got I I wrote to doing it with me, and then I ended up kind of bailing, and he ended up doing it. But he ended up doing it by kind of by himself. So he took his he took me a hard time about that. That was about eight years ago now. <laughs> he doesn't want hey, to forget about I that. Did- I did youth football for one year before I had kids and when I was uh, just getting started in high school football and it is not an easy job. No. So um, anyone who's willing to do that and, you know, just a shout out to the Des Moines area Pee Wee youth football program. They're actually being USA certified, USA football certified as like a model community for how to run youth organizations. Awesome. uh, they've come a long way in the time that you were there. And, uh, you know, and then talk to me, Coach, a little bit about what's it like to grow up in a small town and then play in that small town and go to college and go to Des Moines and have other big city experiences, and then now you're back in that small town. What's that mm-hmm. process been like for you? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's been a great experience. Um, you know, I definitely had those few moments. Um, you know, when I came back here, that you know, my wife is from here too, and you know, I definitely had those moments where um, I was like, "Oh man, like I always wanted to end up back here in Carroll, that's my family." So maybe I wish I would have gone out a little bit more. Um, but you know, actually, a few years ago, I had a couple of other job opportunities. I got offered a couple of jobs that I applied for, and just you know, it didn't feel it didn't feel right. I mean, this was this was our home. This is where um, my wife and I are from, and we love it here. And it definitely. You know, we definitely kind of bought into, you know, planning, planning our future. And, um, and I look back, you know, a lot, a lot of the kids here, they think I just, like, went to college. For, a lot of the kids I teach now, they, they think that, you know, I just gone for a couple of years and I came right, right back to Kemper. Because um, my, my dad is also a teacher at Kemper, too. So, you know, we're kind of, you know, the, the community is pretty familiar with my family and stuff. But, yeah, those, they, going to Des Moines and, um, you know, working at that school and, Playing uh, college, it definitely an eye opening. You know, definitely, definitely felt like a, a little fish in a big pond. But you know, I try to just take away everything I could from that. You know, um, you know, like that one year at that Hoover, just going from you know kids need, um, kids needing like rides to, to home and stuff like that, and just learning. Um, you know, going from like that, going from a small town like you said to a bigger community where they have a lot bigger problems than um, football. And things like that. So that's definitely humbling for me. And you know, I, I still, I, I some of those kids, I, I, I got their cell phone numbers. I still, I still talk to them every once in a while too. Or something reminded me, and something, something even went on to play college football. Um, they, you know, and Coach Stephen gets all the credit for that. But I was able to just want to kind of follow them, and you know, and give them shout outs and stuff like that too um, through their career. So um, you know, yeah, any any backup at Kemper, um, you know, I, I love it here. Now, now, like you know. Um, I'm 100% bought into everything they're doing here. We got great um, coaching and support system, and just trying to really, really now trying to just build build everything up. I know one of our one of our other coaches and I were talking this morning about you know developing a leadership program because uh, we don't we don't have anyone at our school right now. And just we're you know what I've learned a lot is you know when I came back right away, I, I know I thought I'd want to do all these changes and creative things. Now really now that you know you got to take kind of one thing at a time and really build that and, you know build it brick by brick. And now I'm starting, starting to really see the benefits from that. Yeah. Well, we tell I our kids, great- sorry, JT, we, we tell our kids, no, it's, okay. it's, it's funny. I just told our leadership Academy, we, we just talked about attitude and, and we're finishing up our leadership deal uh, with our guys. And a lot of them had the question of like, coach, how do I lead the whole team? And I was like, you, you don't do that. You know, you, you pick your 20 square feet of influence that you have. And once you own your own, and that's a Brian Kite term, but, 
then you can start owning everybody's everybody else's 20 square feet or maybe your position group or maybe three guys that are next to you in your locker uh, in the locker room so that's one thing so you saying that you know wanting to bite off the whole piece of cake to say um, you just want to take little slices and then go from there so and, and a lot of things I'm hearing uh, too coach is you're big on relationships and I'm gathering that oh, way, yeah. how you keep up with guys and and get them shout outs and keeping their numbers and and all that stuff and that's that's a big thing with me and coach Tory is we're, we're real big on the relationship part of coaching and um, you know it's got to be genuine it's got to be real and, and hearing what you do uh, it it speaks volumes so um, can you expand on that a little bit just how how you go about the relationship process like what how how big a part of the game is that to you which knowing, um, knowing a kid's heart rather than just them is you know uh, number 25 and he plays running back or something like that yeah, so so you know, I'm our I'm our our class too, and you know, and so and I teach so, um, and I teach K through six PE, and you know, I might have um eighty kids in our strength class at the high school. So you know, on any given day, I'd see about um you know two to three hundred kids. You know, we're a small school, but when you're teaching you know ten different grade levels, you definitely have a lot of kids and stuff like that too. So. One big thing I just you know is just um, is, is is going up and talking to kids too. You know, there's always those kids are easy. Those always those kids are good leaders, and easy to talk to. Um, when we're in a, we're in a big setting, like in the way like I, I don't spend a whole lot of time talking to those kids. You know, because uh, you know, yes, they're easier to talk to and they're easier to get along with. But I try to make go on my way and talk to the other kids who might be a little, might be a little quieter or, or, or might be struggling a little bit. You know, give them that extra incentive and push, and that's been really um, ex- exciting. Um, exciting watching them kind of develop and grow. And um, I know you guys are huge on culture. Obviously, it's the culture classroom. Um, so my big emphasis this year, like I said, you know, I'm t- one of the things, things brick by brick was, you know, I'm going to try and install um, le- like leaders and our older uh, leadership in our older kids and uh, a community uh, that's, that's unified. So well, what we did this year was um, for, our weight, for our weight room, we have eight different groups. And this is a, this is pretty common nowadays. Like, but we have eight different groups, and they're all senior led. They all have two or three seniors led, and then that is kind of just picked together by grade. And those guys, um, they're lifting together, they're rotating together, and they, that's kind of like that's like their team for the summer. And you know, all of a sudden, you have you know, it, it just puts all, our, all of our older kids in a, in a place to mentor the younger kids. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like they really don't have um, another another option. You know, because they're they're there, they're in a group, and. You know, if they need a little help, a little help, I'll go over there. I'll assist them a little bit. You know, get them talking. And, and the biggest thing is, I, I I try to talk to kids that I don't know. You know, once once I have that relationship established with the kid, you know, I don't need to talk to them. I'll give them a ton of attention all the time, all day. I'll always, I mean, I'll always meet up with them, talk to them here or there. But I really try to focus on the kids that I don't know much about, or I I don't I don't, I struggle with a little bit. Um, and you know, just and I've always always tried to call by name too. The first name, I think you know. I, that's one thing I learned teaching kindergartners stuff like that too. Is you know, you get to know their name, you say their name. You know, it's it makes them realize that hey, I I that, he knows me. He's trying to get to know me and stuff too. So I really think that's a huge one is just reaching out to kids that may be a little more quiet or or, or don't stick out as much. Right. Good point. Good point. No, I think that's great advice. I mean, uh, for anyone in any leadership field. Um, it's easy to get to know the kids that are most like us or that are your yeah. best leaders in the room. So I think, I think yeah. that's a great point yeah. to go out of your comfort zone. And as adults, I mean, I sit with the same people that I know when we go to staff meetings or I sit in the same spot. Like, we like that routine. 
uh, we gravitate to people most like us. But mm-hmm. if you really want to get to know uh, your organization, then you have to reach out to all walks of life. So I think that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, just this morning, I, I caught myself kind of one of our kids, one of our kids, I was out there kind of like, I was like, why am I, why am I by him right now? He doesn't need me. Like, I need, so I kind of look around. Okay, I started just scanning the room, like, what kid looks like? Like he's a little picking up and stuff like that. So what's he doing? Doing I know very well. And that's really, um, and I, I try to do that in my teaching and coaching too. And a lot of, a lot of the coaches at Kemper do, do a good job of that, you know, building those relationships here. And that's something that, you know, our, our coaches here, they're very they're relationship guys too. You know, they, they work on communicating and talking to kids and getting to know them. And you know, it, it's really starting to pay off. seeing a lot of improvement throughout our culture. Yeah, and one thing for me was I'm with the receivers uh, about 90% of the time, but – Maybe during pre-practice, before we even get started, I'll go and talk to maybe a linebacker or some of the offensive linemen or a D lineman or somebody and just go and say, hey, man, how's your day going, blah, blah, blah. And you, you actually call them by name so they know, hey, wait, he knows my name. He's not my position coach, but he yeah. knows my name uh, and stuff like that. So I think that's huge. And one thing I saw this morning, we had all of our athletes uh, go out and do like some booster club blitz for fundraising. And I was seeing – how they paired up. So we do a lot of mentoring as well with the leadership. Yeah. And I looked around and there were two seniors, a junior and a sophomore in cars, or there were two sophomores, a junior and a senior in a car. And I mean, I got goosebumps. I looked at our head coach and I was like, man, did you, do you see that they all dispersed out among grades? And he goes, coach, that comes from us building this. And, and I agreed with it, yeah. you know, and it, it, it just doesn't happen because you seniors naturally want to gravitate with seniors because they're older, but our guys have yep. bought in um, to where last year's team was a lot of senior led stuff. This year it is a combined effort where the sophomores, juniors and seniors have the same stock in our program. Wow. That's awesome. I think that just, that gets rid of entitlement, you know. We all have senioritis. Yeah. We've all been been around that, where people think they're better than other people because they've been in the organization longer, because they they've reached a certain level that other people have. But really, you put everybody back on the same level. And then I think the important thing about that coach Weaver, Coach Steinkamp, is what we forget as leaders sometimes is those freshmen and sophomores want to be the senior. Yeah. Yeah. And. That sophomore season is probably your hardest in high school sports. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. No doubt about that. And that's one thing we talk. I try to tell a lot of guys is, you know, like find, finding your value, whatever it is. You know, I talk to a lot of our kids about that. You know, like you might not be, you know, I tell them, yeah, your sophomore year is brutal, but maybe you work your, your tail off and you find a place on special teams. Or that next year you're ready to jump in that role. Or go be that go be that stud um, scout team player. You know, I tell the kids all the time, um, that's one reason I love football is, you know, there's offense, defense, and then there's four special teams. You know, find your way on the field and find a, find a way to do that and, and, and make some noise. You know, like I, I have a couple kids that are sophomores that in, um, are going to be going to be juniors, and, you know, they work their tail off this whole offseason. They're probably not varsity ready, but they're definitely prepared to be, be on a special team and contribute that way. So and that's, that's one thing that I love about football is there's ways to get kids on the field make them feel valued and contribute as well. Yeah, one of the big things we yeah. talked about this week um, for our sophomores is their attitude and how, you know, it can go negative real quick because they're not getting a lot of playing time. So our tag words mm-hmm. that we tell them is, hey, your attitude determines the atmosphere of how your season's going to go. So your attitude determines the atmosphere of how high you want to climb, how low you want to climb, uh, stuff like that. So 
Uh, we use some buzzwords for those guys just to make sure that they understand, hey, there are, there is room for you. You are and you have what it takes. It's just maybe not your time this year or maybe you're a role player. And, you know, every once in a while you get these um, these studs that come through that are sophomores. And, you know, we got one right now that's our middle linebacker. Um, so, you know, those guys come through. But you know, for the most part, JT, you said it right on the head. You know, sophomore season is, is pretty rough. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's finding out, Hey, I'm not going to play a lot, but how can I improve my craft? How can I show and have wealth and stock in this team? Even though I'm not playing, what does that look like? So we just tell them, you know, your attitude determines atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so, 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 so yeah. And preparing, I tell you, they know you're, you're preparing, you know, like, I mean, we, we, yeah, we give them a heads up, you know, sophomore's going to be rough, but you know, you're preparing for the three junior seniors, those seniors. Yeah, unless they're an absolute stud, experience that too, you know. And that's what we really try to focus on retention too. You know, if we keep those kids, those freshmen, sophomores, we keep those sophomores out. That's gonna help our program too, is keeping the retention of those kids. Absolutely. Well, and it, it goes with your scheme too. I know, Coach Weaver, you run a lot of wide receivers through in the course of a given game. Um, we do the same thing. We run a thirty-five defense, and we'll have fifteen linemen play those three positions, and we'll just cycle them through as they're fresh. And that's one way that we're able to hang with teams that we have no business really hanging with in the trenches just because we got fresh bodies that are eager to go. Yeah. That's the same with us. You know, we got we have eight receivers that can go on any Friday night, but there's two sophomores right now that uh, coach you were saying to, you know, I'm giving a little bit extra love to because I can see they can help us. Yes, they're they're babies and they're young, but yes, they can help us in spot play and and maybe give like four reps in a game that a guy needs a breather for, for a couple of ga- uh, couple of snaps. So, um, I think that also comes with the relationship, so that kid can trust you, and the coach is not just blowing smoke up my rear. That hey, he knows my name. Hey, he's really investing in me. I, I can't let him down, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get on that field. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, no, I think they are developing that trust is huge. You know, we have a kid that's. Um, Really talented, really, uh, really hard work. And so that too, his, his attendance in the weight room was kind of, you know, came kind of shady this summer. But I, I kind of sent him, you know, like a, a message, you know, like a uh, message the other day about how, you know, you know, like you have a lot of potential this this, uh, this upcoming season, you know. But you know, the guys, the guys need to see you, you know. I, I think he had a work, he had a work problem, so I mean, it's definitely understandable. Um, but you know, then he made he made extra effort to get through it. Then though, just knowing that, you know that he knows that I'm interested in him. That's I know, like, it's a trust thing a little bit, knowing that you're um, putting putting the work and you're putting accountability on yourself and the team, guys. So, and he had he had a great. He's been showing up a little bit more and stuff like that too. So it's, it all comes to relationships as well. You know, just that trust is huge in there too, like you said. That's right. Well, I'm just looking at one of Ryan Kite's things, guys, and it says, "Always face the truth, always embrace the reality, deal with what is as it is." Not as you wish it was. So think about those sophomores when you say that. Um, yes, they expect to play, but what's the reality? And they need to embrace that, and they need to face the truth. Like, hey, I might not get on the field this year. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, just a little, 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 little nugget there. Yep. yep. And that's what you I coach. Uh, oh, sorry. But no, you're all right. Go ahead. No, I was going to do that. No, I coach um, JV football, too. So, I, you know, and those games are, you know, could honestly like to less of the wins and losses of those days. We tell those guys, you know, this is this is your time to shine. This is your chance to go go ball out and play. You know, have some fun and get after it. And we, we rotate kids in. You know, everybody gets equal, equal playing playing time. And you know, that's you know, that's 
we definitely do stress that, that, you know, those JV games or those sophomore, freshman, JVR games, whatever it may be, is, that is your time to go and prove yourself. That's also your time to go out and show, show us what you can do and show yourself what you can do, too. So we try to make them find a lot of value in that, um, those, uh, those, uh, those non-varsity games, too. All right. Well, coach against you on the sidelines. I mean, I coach the JV here in Denison also, and uh, I'm sorry for that flea flicker to start the game last year, but that was our theme was trick play to start the game every game. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, that, was a, that, was, that was a battle last year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah we had yeah. some good ones the last couple of years. And, uh, yeah, I think the other thing that's important to sell the sophomores, it's not really that it's selling, but it is selling. Uh, because mm-hmm. when you're 14, 15, 16, you lack the vision or the maturity to really grasp where everything yeah. fits together. And, you know, one of the things I've been reading lately is an idea of be ready because as a sophomore, you don't have time to get ready. Right. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. we're in the middle of a game situation and I want you in or we need you in, you don't have time to get ready. It's kind of strap up and go, and, and we're pulling you off the sideline as we're going. Yeah, so yeah, second, you know, not, you know, the, the classifications, you know, like you're, you're, uh, you know, you have your, you're too deep, but man, you're, you're, there could be a big drop off between your first and second string, obviously, and you know, the, that backup guy, you know, stud gets hurt, whatever. That that next guy got it, you know, next man in mentality. Like you, you, you'd be chomping at the bits, you know. Um, I always tell like, you know, I coach running backs, linebackers, you know, wherever we're on. I was like, I'm going to like, stay, stay near me. You know, kind of just, you know, stay within my, you know, range of 10 yards. So if I need you, you're in, you're paying attention and stuff like that too. Cause you, you know, you never know, especially game football when you're, when your time is to shine. So just be ready for that. Coach Weaver, you there? I'm here. I'm yep. here. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm just yeah, listening. Nice. That's... A little glitch there. Yeah. That, no, it's, oh, hey, uh, it, good. Yeah. Look, um, Coach, I heard from Coach Torrey that y'all have a guy going to Nebraska. Um, yeah, yeah, he just, he just committed last week. Yeah, sweet. So uh, a bunch of our guys. So a guy that's uh, one of my receivers just decommitted from Colorado. Is getting looks from Stanford, Arkansas, uh, Louisville, stuff like that. But our school in, in the recruiting process for our kids to go to college, a lot of our guys go to the D two. Juco and uh, D1 level, where the left tackle at LSU, uh, Sadiq Charles, is with a, uh, from MRA. And uh, uh, Sean Rawlings was the center at Ole Miss the last four years. Justin Malone plays off, played offensive line at Mississippi State about seven years ago. We have a guy at Old Dominion in Corey Jackson. Uh, we have recently, one of our offensive line went to Navy. So I I get the recruitment process, uh, but what does that look like inside of your program at um, Kemper? Um, well, usually for us, I mean, uh, we get a lot of a lot of local schools coming through. You know, a lot of the American Rivers schools are coming through. A lot of the NAI schools. Um, we'll get some local um, D two schools. You know, from like uh, Missouri, a little bit Nebraska, Minnesota. Um, you know, and not, our head coach usually handles that because he's at the high school and stuff like that too. Uh, but we definitely have, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, smaller schools coming in. I mean, this is the first time that we've really had like a legit D1 player where, you know, Scott Frost was here, Matt Campbell, Kirk Ferris, um, all those guys, are, you know, in our school and stuff like that too. So that was that was really exciting. And I told our, our Gunnarsson kid when he got recruited, I'm like, he's probably the most mature kid I've ever met. I mean, like 
up until he picked the Nebraska. I mean, he he trying to keep a neutral face. He was always really mature about it. Um, I told him, like, you're hitting this better at 18 than I am at 30 years old. You know what I mean? Uh, so um, that was, you know, that, the recruiting thing, we got, we got a lot of guys coming in. We're definitely, um, we got a Kemper, the town of Carroll, you know, it's pretty athletic town, where we got we got a lot of guys with good size. And um, we've been pretty blessed to have some really good athletes come out late, but come through us um, recently. And, um, yeah, Kevin McCreary, we, we got a lot of guys, uh, coaches dropping by the weight room, checking up on us, um, just kind of see what things going on there. So, I mean, it's we're kind of we're kind of in that awkward place because there's no real, there's no like the closest D two school is you know two or three hours, um, you know, and then two states only an hour away. So I mean, the only when they're coming like when they're looking at like you know like the the true prospects and stuff like that too. So all of that you know. It's um, a lot of a lot of the local or smaller schools are coming through us, and we have, we've had uh, we've had a handful of guys playing in recent years. I know we've had a, one of our linebackers last year was at a Truman State. Um, Sam Brinks played at played at Iowa. He just graduated this past year. He kind of threw that fake uh, punt uh, touchdown pass against Penn State. That was pretty that was pretty awesome. And he's he's a great guy. He's back in town right now, catching up with him. Um, he's still. Uh, keeping keeping in contact with that too. So, I mean, we're uh, I think our, our coaches here have realized that you know, and our coaches do a good job of, talk, of talking to college coaches about you know being honest about players too, about you know, how serious they are about playing and things like that too. And we definitely seem to have a little spike of guys just interested in playing. I think it's because they've seen some of the success that uh, the the kids are having now in college from Kemper. Cool, that's awesome. Well, you know, it's funny because you talk about we've, we've had guests on, like uh, Coach Winkler in New Mexico. He talks about uh, four for 40. We can see that with the work that you're doing at Kemper, especially as a three-sport coach and as a strength coach and, you know, yeah. working with K through six. I mean, God bless you. I couldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I love it, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just, and so it's neat to hear that. I think the question that I get asked more than anything else, and Coach Weaver chime in on this too, but uh, the question I get asked is, how do we start? And I think you said it earlier, where brick by brick, right? Piece by piece. You just kind of get into it, and it's messy, and it's imperfect, and then Mm -hmm. you build on it the next year, and you form it better, and then you add to it. And uh, I, I think that's the piece, like, I'm, Hats off to you guys and Kemper for uh, at least exploring the idea of starting a leadership program. Because once you yeah. do that, then everything else kind of falls into place. Right. So, Coach, how long have you been at Kemper? This will be my eighth year. Your eighth year. All right. So, I've yep. been at MRA going on my ninth. And Coach Davis is this is starting his sixth year. And we have just started, I think, hitting – the high points with how our culture is. Um, you know, three years ago, we started implementing it. Last year, you can see it taking hold. Um, this year, it is, um, you know, we just started a leadership academy, and he was like, look, I want you to run that. So we didn't try to bite off, you know, the whole cake. Yeah. Uh, we took <clears throat> it piece by piece, let our kids have ownership. And uh, yesterday, we had two coaching staffs from two different high schools. So we had like 13 or 14 coaches watching us go through our summer routine on how we do awesome. some stuff. And I told Coach Davis at the end, I was like, man, this, this has taken, you know, six years to build. And he says, we're, we're just getting started. 
And and that's yeah. that's what I want our listeners to understand is, you know, you have all these ideas, but you can't go at them at a hundred miles an hour and do everything. I would take one yeah. or two ideas and run with it, and then add, edit, delete as you go, and then see what sticks, see what you like, see what you don't like, and um, mm-hmm. and go with that. So that's what we do. Yeah, good going off of that. You know, I was talking to our, it's our uh, one of our coaches here talking about doing that, and he was telling, and I said like, and he kind of wanted to start it this year. I'm like, no, dude, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Let's take a year, let's take a year playing out, and he's kind of saying, let's do it once a week. Like, let's start with like nine lessons once a month, and then build off that, and maybe the following year. Because I don't think, and I don't think that's in my, in my master's program and some of the work that I've done here at Kemper is um, take that, work at the administration is, you know, it, all this, like, true change, it, it, it does take time. You know, it takes, it takes getting buy-in and, you know, and it takes some, you know, it takes some advertising to get, you know, and selling it to the kids and the community members too, but, you know, we're definitely having a huge time. Um, what did those start doing? I just, we just finished it today. Probably something called, uh, called, um, it's on the training coordinator here. I did something called a nights and training camp for Kate for our first year sixth graders. And it's a camp that we do in the weight room and it's all functional movement, you know, agility, speed, plyos, and, and we do some we do some fun competitions and games too. And had over over a hundred kids signed up for that. Wow. Now so then after that, my goal was then, you know, they're they're during the middle during our middle school training program, then they're in the high school. So I think just today we had over um, about two hundred kids in our weight room today for our whole system. And there's only, there's like a little over like a thousand kids in our entire school system. So it's something that, you know, like, and that, and that took, that took like a whole year of planning to get that going now. And, you know, I think scheduling is huge and finding a, finding a system that works. Um, and, then, and, our, and our basketball coaches on board with it too, because we had those kids going from nights in training camp to the, his, his basketball program camp. And then, and then after that, our school has that, that, uh, that free lunch program in the summertime. So then they got a yeah. free lunch afterwards. So it's just like we I mean, we did the same thing for our, our our boys and girls too. Where after their training, they could go to basketball or whatever or open gym was, or and they had a free breakfast afterwards. So I think it's you know it's, it's getting communicating constantly too with everybody. Like you've seen the big picture again. Who can all be involved? How can all benefit from this? And so we had some kids that for the basketball camp that didn't even play. Their, their parents, their, their kids didn't really play basketball, but they did it because oh, it's only going to cost me five bucks for an hour of babysitting, and then you have a free lunch afterwards. So I mean that just that just you know working with working with all the parts to make it align correctly and that's one thing that you know and every year we've tweaked a little bit as adapted as we've gone along too to help help be more successful. For those of you wondering, the free lunch comes from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. So yeah. talk to your local cooks or your administration; they'll have uh, an idea of if you have the food program in your area. Uh, yeah, again, that is joining awesome. us in the past. Uh, again, joining us in the classroom today uh, has been Coach Steinkamp out of Carroll Kemper uh, High School. And, Coach, we appreciate your time uh, sharing a few ideas and, and a quick message with everybody today. Lastly, before you go, one thing we always ask our guests is, what's your caring trademark? What separates you from everybody else uh, on the planet? Um, I mean, I was busy Wait, sorry, say that, but my, my coaching trademark or uh, like a leadership one? Sorry, I missed that, messed no, up on that. No, it's okay. It's a caring trademark. So John Gordon calls it a caring trademark. It's just something that you do differently than other leaders out there. So, for example, when I coach against you on the sideline, you'll see me in my purple shoes. Oh, yeah, okay. That one, yeah. <laughs> well, when I, when I, my first year back here at Kemper, I, I, uh, I always chewed bubble gum 
or sunflower seeds. It's always it started off as sunflower seeds, but now everybody has those turf fields. So I switched to both a, a big, big wad of uh, bubble gum during games. And my the coaches, other coaches yell at me because they can hear me chomping in the headset. But I definitely uh, love love chewing up you know bubble gum or seeds depending on where we're playing. All right, so what's your what's your go to? I remember being at the 49ers and counting out five sticks of juicy fruit for everybody out there instead of getting out there. It sounds ridiculous, but it actually that's exactly what it was. Great, great big league chew is the best. Great okay. big league chew. I'd have to. Wow, big league chew. You went way back. Oh yeah, I love it's, some it's, big it's, league the, chew. The, the, Casey, the Casey's in town has it, and uh. That was for, uh, the basketball coaches too. Our, our our manager girls. We always we always give them we always give them money at the beginning of the year, and they're always in charge of the uh, the gum for us. So we, right for right for the tip off, they always pass out the gum for us too. We're pretty uh, um, habitual about that. Yeah. Well, I think I'm. I mean, I just got through with these burgers, and I'm gonna need something to go and ride around on our golf cart. So I'm probably gonna go to the store and get some great big league chew just for you, coach. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, any closing thoughts you want to uh, close with, Coach? Um, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, we love having coaches that, that like to share uh, what they do inside of their classroom, what they do inside of their um, program in football and football uh, and other sports, Coach. So I just I, I appreciate you coming on our show today. And, uh, I mean, it's the dog days of summer. We're about to get ready uh, for fall camp coming around here in probably the next three weeks. So, um, anything you want to close with? Um, no, I just I'm, 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 I want to thank you guys a lot. You know, I, I just I just recently um, our head basketball coach when they he always talks about podcasts and he's the one that kind of got me into it. And then talking to John, I was like, you know, I, I just started listening to him a few weeks ago. Right? I got a little, I do some mulling on the side, and I, I just you know, I said listen to. You know, 80s rock all the time. Now I got, I'm listening to like podcasts all the time. So I'm kind of, kind of addicted now. And I, and I love it. And I appreciate what you guys are doing. I look forward to, you know, um, keep up, keep up this relationship and listen to you guys' future uh, um, podcast too. Sweet. Appreciate it, coach. Thanks, coach. All right. Take, take guys. Take care. Good luck this upcoming season. GameStrat is the number one choice for football coaches looking for the most reliable and advanced sideline replay system on the market. More coaches are switching to GameStrat because it simply works when it's supposed to work. And unlike other systems, GameStrat is simpler to set up and use, delivers the fastest video transfer times in the industry, gives you the most tagging capabilities, and has the best game day support. Choose GameStrat for your game day needs.